Could you cast Jason Momoa in anything in Lord of the Rings? That's a question we're going to have to answer today here on Podcast of the Rings. I'm Jessica Lynn Verde. I'm Ben Goddard. And this is a- And welcome to Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> Season 205 of Survivor. Uh, man, like, I, I got, like, a Facebook memory yesterday, and it, it was just like, let me see if it's still on my... I posted on Instagram stories. Let me see if I can find it real quick. But it was just like... The most carefree thing and just talking about Survivor, gosh, that was just the best time in television. Thursday nights on CBS. Okay, so here's my my Facebook from October 8th, 2009. Oh. What's on the agenda this weekend? Well, beer pong (laughs) tournament Thursday. Then I have to get up for all three classes, one of them being basketball. Then a football game. Then a party. Then work on Saturday morning. Then formal. Looks like a lot of alcohol I don't have to pay for. This weekend is looking good. Oh, my God. Like... That was your heyday when people talk about. I was, I literally like my. I put. I was like, this is such a Ken post. My job was just fraternity. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, also thank God, like you didn't get behind the wheel that weekend and just totally incriminated yourself. Like, oh, luckily, like you know, and that's the thing is, I do, I, I would like to, you know, time travel and maybe do college, like not in the Greek system, to see how it would be. But that was like the best thing about it is that everything was right there. Like oh, if, sure. uh, for, you know, a formal or something like we'd have like a bus or, you know, a limo or, you know, go full high school on it or whatever and go somewhere and like stay at a hotel that night or something like that. But then for any of the parties or everything, like fraternity row and sorority row right next to each other. So you just get to walk home and, you know, if you weren't living at the house at the time, you'd crash at someone's couch and stuff like that. So it well, was that's very a good point. Yeah. There's something safe in that experience. Yeah, and I mean, like, guys were not, I don't know, like, it's so funny, like, seeing, you know, any shows about Greek life or whatever and stuff like that, uh, but guys were not allowed, like, on the premises of any sorority house, like, upstairs at all. Oh, like, uh, yes, right. Literally not allowed. Like, we could go study in the study hall, and I would do that, like, with, you know, friends that were in classes with me and stuff. Uh, but yeah, anything upstairs immediately, you'd be gone from your fraternity and they would be gone from their sorority. Like, oh, so it was like, not even like, oh, come on, Ben, get out of here. Oh no, no. It was like, we didn't even try it. Like, at least I didn't. Right. Like, right, cause right. I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not. Cause that's the thing is that it's not that they would g- get kicked out of their sorority. You'd also get kicked out as well. Like it would wow. be like a, and they might like press charges or something like that. It was a serious thing that you did not do. Wow. Wild. Yeah. Yeah, My closest experience to college was doing my improv stuff uh, about five or six years ago Mm -hmm. where it was just all we did was learn improv and then go to the bar after. And then it kind of culminated in uh, Hollywood Fringe where I was in two shows doing an improv show and a play. And there was like a fringe center where you just go to the local theaters, go see a show, go back there, get a drink. At fringe, the fringe headquarters. It that that was like how you're picturing where all the parties are. That epicenter was yeah. just weeks of party and fun and 
like-minded actors you know weird people too but i mean but you don't know it at the time because well, like you felt like especially the ones <laughs> especially college where like college you you find your people in college like no matter what your high school thing was like mm. uh my high school thing was fine like it, it wasn't like amazing or anything but it was fine but just like you find your people in college no matter what your high school experience is like if you put yourself out there in college like high school does not matter at all like it, right. it is irrelevant unless you know, besides like scholarship money. That's literally it. Oh, socially, it's just who you're lopped into. And I'm yeah. sure it's because college, there's so many more co-eds. You're going to find more. I just people. love how the term co-ed is like, oh, co-ed. I like, know. I was trying it's to It's really be... just a term. Like, it's just a descriptor, but just like, oh, co- like I feel like girls gone wild, like ruined the term co-eds. Or maybe it was like, <laughs> even before that, maybe it was like Animal House or something like that. Like, you, you're, you're not wrong. I think it has more con- connotation than just, you know, not a boys or not a girls school. So I think yeah. you're right about that. So if, if, uh, we have questions to answer, Ben. I am. So, I'm so proud that we have questions. That means so much to me. It's very nice. Um, I'm going to start with the least consequential question, and then work our way down. Oh, okay. We've got wow. some. Uh, you'll see why it's the least consequential in a moment. But uh, we have some, you know, repeat submitters from um. Uh, Geeks with Shields, who's got another podcast that, or that's a friend of the of our shows, is Geeks with Shields. Um, we got most of them from our uh, Discord, but we got it. Kind of was kicked off. I think you you bandied the idea about, but uh, you'll see it. Someone who follows us on Twitter also kind of kicked this off without realizing. I will share a little anecdote. Out of nowhere, three weeks ago, someone asked if. Uh, they could at, they don't follow us on on Instagram, but they asked in our DMs if they could oh, ask us a question. Gosh, <laughs> about Never, I have really banned that. I have banned that question from my life. Anybody <laughs> it's so, so dumb? Just not that, but also just my anxiety cannot handle it. Can I ask you? Can I ask you something? Can I ask you something like that? Uh, I understand. Can I tell you something? I'm just like no, like don't say that. Either just lead with the question or get out of my life. <laughs> yes. So that's a good point. The reason why this also sticks out in my mind is it. They asked, "Can I ask you a question?" Well, no information. Although I think it was about Daenerys, um, Tariel, Arwen, and Eowyn. Yes, think- that's right. I remember that. Like, cause they kept like hinting at it. Like they're like, <sighs> and I was like, okay, okay. They and just in the questions. They really did. And I and I also am all of my red flags went up going, I the next thing he's gonna ask is about their breast size or something. Something. You know, just waiting for it. And it turned out to be somewhat wholesome. Uh, they wanted to know. They they referred to a kids episode of Myths Mythbusters where mm-hmm. they. I guess I guess there was a kids and the adults version where they made a human fly trap. Okay. And if they if any of those four mythical characters, <laughs> fictional characters, I could make it across. Question. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> so like what that's. The the pathways in the brain are so crazy. Just like how one person could be like, yeah, Mythbusters, but not just any Mythbusters. The human flytrap. 
And oh, I've been asked somebody my else about it. My favorite women from fantasy. <laughs> like, I, but but something was so charming about it. We uh, yeah. we answered it. Alex happens to be a Mythbusters fan. He goes, I think the elves could do it. You know, Daenerys maybe. You know, like he actually answered earnestly. So, yeah. Uh, whether or not they know it, this person kicked off this Q&A. And so we will start with actual questions that we foddered or fed, got fed to by the audience. This first one is from Squirrel, who I know uh, from uh, Squirrel. My, Squirrel, yeah. But he, he would be, prefer to go by Squirrel, so we're calling him Squirrel. Yeah, yeah. He asks, why do we still use daylight savings? <laughs> <laughs> who knows it's so weird. like doesn't arizona not use it or something like and i think it's because of where they are where they like the way the sun lands that they don't necessarily have to or at least i mean i don't know i don't know either it makes no sense um when when do we fall back pretty soon right i think so and i think that's what necessitated this question was uh we're about to lose that hour Wait, if you spring uh, ahead. No, you yeah, lose we're about to hour. gain an hour, right? You and we're about to gain an hour. It just November fifth, Sunday, oh. November fifth. So we got another month. Um, the question, the answer is because it's always been that way. And shut your damn mouth. Yep, that's basically. the answer to that. Don't don't ask questions. The government. Like, I'm not trying to get on the Illuminati's radar right now. <laughs> no. I, I, the answer is um, we're not the ones to answer that. Um, I wish I knew because it, it it is weird. Like, I know the the sun is starting to set a little earlier and earlier and stuff like that. But it is weird. Uh, maybe it's just, you know, a self-fulfilling prophecy that it feels so much earlier once daylight saving. It feels like like sunsets like at 730 and then daylight savings and then it's at 430. It's like, wait, what? What happened? I wonder if it sort of makes the morning sunrise a little more normal i wonder mm -hmm. if there's like an element of okay well the sun's still gonna rise a little bit at the same exact time if we do if, if they just hurry up the process of it um yeah. the, the 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 reason why i'm having a hard time answering it is because i feel like i've looked it up several times every time daylight savings comes and i can't retain the information like, That's most likely the case because I'm probably the same way. Like I'm sure we learned about it at some point in grade school or high school, but well, and I've looked it up since. I'm like, oh, do we actually need this, or why do we need this? And um, it is complicated unnecessarily so. And I think it worked for uh, people when their clock was outside, <laughs> yeah. you know, and if if a lot of their work was outside, um. But yeah, it is getting darker earlier anyway, so we're just hurrying up the process. All right, you ready for the next actual Lord of the Rings question? I am ready for the first actual Lord of the Rings question. Uh, I woke up in a cold sweat last week because I realized we have not been shouting out to this person also as a member of our Patreon with uh, who owns one of the nine rings for men and thus is supposed to get shouted out on our podcast, Arsenal Roy 2K. <laughs> so sorry, Arsenal. It's Come all on. me. It's all me for getting it. He asks, um, really one that comes straight to my heart. If we had to cast Jason Momoa in a Loader spinoff, what would it be? I'd love to see him as, one, I'd love to see him as Aragorn. I'd, oh, stop it. You're just trying to upset me. No, I think I Aragorn, think if he toned it down a little bit, I think if he toned it down, because 
what he does in Dune, I know you don't like because of your history with Duncan Idaho. So I understand and respect. He's not a good actor, Ben. He is a good actor. I refuse to accept this. He's charming. That's what makes a good actor. Not necessarily. Yeah. Okay. You could be an a hole and send dead pigs to your castmates or something like that because you need to go method for Morbius and you uh, <laughs> hold up the entire production by limping to set every day. Uh, I oh have my, problems ins- with that uns- person. Insufferable. Insufferable. I have, I, ha- um, I have serious problems with that person. But I'm saying if he gave, because like I, he's. Not, I don't know. I love him in Fast 10, Fast X, whatever you want to call it. He's just at a 13 out of 5. Like, he is so dialed up, but it's kind of what the cast needs because, like, Vin Diesel's like, family, mm, family. And I'm like, you so know what? Tired. He's so tired. He's so tired. He's so gravelly. He's so grumpy. And I'm just like, you know what? Maybe this kind of needs it. But he, if he gives that same kind of, like, Paul, I love you, but, like, he's not giving you the... Oh, yeah, let's go, brother. He's not giving that in Dune. He's giving, like, a sincere, protective, like, older brother performance, and I really liked it. I understand why you don't, because you know what comes next for Duncan Idaho. But there was, like, even when they're in, like, the hangar, and he's, like, roughing up Paul in that scene, it's some of the best listening he's ever done in his acting It's so good. And then he, like, ends with, like, oh, have you been working out? He's like, oh, does it look like it? No. Like, it's so perfect. It's such great older brother stuff totally. where, like, you you tell, like, he respects Paul as a prince and as a friend, but he's still, like, his trainer and his older brother. Like, because, you know, Gurney says, like, hey, Duncan Idaho wasn't available, so I'm your trainer today. Uh, and so he's always, like, combat training with Paul. So, like, I you got that in literally one scene. One scene right. you understood everything about the relationship. But on the other hand, like, yeah, let him ham it up and be freaking Bulger or Azog. Like, giving more to, like, the main antagonist of an an entire trilogy would be awesome. Having, like, Thorn Ogenshield be the stoic, grumpy guy. Meanwhile, Azog, you're like, you know what? I, you know, you want to give some lifeblood to, you know, mindless orcs? Give them a reason to follow Azog, not just fear that he's going to throw them to his giant white wolf. Like, also, Jason Momoa on a giant white (gasps) wolf. That's that's so hot. Like, like you want to Peter Jackson, hot cast. There you go, slamming hotties. I think Confirm. he nailed it. I I don't know. Do you feel like Jason Momoa could handle being an ugly orc? I think he could. I mean, you don't, you don't think an ego would get in the way? I I don't. I don't get that ego. I don't get um like I like The Rock, but you like. You know he has an ego. Yeah, exactly. Like, The Rock has... Granted, he's earned his ego. He's earned, like, you know, this, like, he kind of mogul... He's the most successful earning dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he's, I think he's a billionaire. I could, If he's not, he's very close to it. Um, but, like, I don't get that from... I don't get that from, like, Jason Momoa or John Cena or Dave Bautista. I don't... And, you know, they're not as big as The Rock. But it's like, I, I don't I don't get an ego sense from, from Jason Momoa. I get, like... I I grinded it out for years and I made it and I'm I'm happy to be here. I think you're I think if he if he cuz we're seeing that in Dave Bautista but also Dave Bautista isn't pretty, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um and Jason Momoa was never a wrestler, although we're like kind of lopping him into He's not a wrestler. Like he is like an actor, but yeah, he he gives that <laughs> vibe of just like he could I'd love to see Jason Momoa in the WWE. He'd kill it. He would kill it. He would kill it. His yeah. hair would be like 
remember like in the 90s when they had the curly, drippy, wet hair? Oh, my gosh. Like, oh. like the fact that he's not a wrestler is like surprising because like he just he'd fit Screams in not just it. physically, but just everything about his swagger and his like bravado and enthusiasm. Like he's just there, man. I think it would be fun just to see him as a dwarf as well <laughs> with all that hair and he, beard. Oh, he'd be so good. Like if you put put him in Rings of Power and just like – and it's so funny because it's the same thing with John Rhys-Davies. Everybody that had ever watched Indiana Jones, John Rhys-Davies is a big dude. Yes. Like yes. he's a big guy and so much so that I'd seen, you know, I'd seen uh, Raiders a hundred times before I watched Lord of the Rings. I did not make the connection. Most nobody did. Most yeah. everyone didn't. You know, he, uh, Jason would be a great Numenorian too. So, yeah. you know, he he would. I would kind of. Uh, he's a little too. He could be a Sildur better, I think, than the guy that we have as a Sildur. That's know. fair. Um, if you know, twenty years ago, though. Yeah, for sure. Like Baywatch Momoa, probably. Um. I think Azog, though, I really like that. I think that's if, if you want to know where that opinion's coming from, we spent a whole good chunk of time uh, watching and going through Hobbit and just being really upset that they just uh, really undersold those both Azog and the other orc, which was. Yeah, because like, I mean, in the short time in Lord of the Rings with um, I think its name is Lertz, the the main Urukai from mm -hmm. Fellowship. You're like, oh, this guy's great. So much so that I remember, like, the first time when Aragorn was fighting, I was like, wait. Because I knew it was, a, you know, it was different. You know, we already had the Boromir stuff in Fellowship. It was like, there's no way they kill Aragorn right here, right? Like, I was legit afraid for Aragorn right. when he fought him. Right. Because he was so intimidating. And then, um, not Ugluck, but who, the the Harvey Weinstein orc uh -huh. from Return of the King. I can't think of his name. I, I know it's going to make me the mad. The all albino one, though. Yeah, with the bad eye and everything. It's like it's another perfect, like, you have one movie with this guy, and by the time he dies, you're like, yeah, he's dead. Like, and they it's do hard so to feel that way. That. It's hard to feel that way when it's CGI. It just yeah. is. Um, all right. Thank you for that question, Arsenal Roy2K. We got one from Captain Hopper. Oh, um, okay. And this is your question because I know very little about Ahsoka. Um, but you were also tagged in this tweet, um, and it's basically comparing Ahsoka's in imagery to wearing um, a gray robe, fighting something like Gandalf did, like a Balrog, and then showing up in a white robe. Okay. So asking for the comparison of those two, like did Ahsoka go through... Ah, Ahsoka the gray and go through a crucible and end up as Ahsoka the white. I don't know what I. I guess she could have. Like Ahsoka's gone through quite a lot. She was basically a child soldier in the Clone Wars under Anakin Skywalker, and then she believed that Anakin had died, and then came back in Rebels and found out, like, mm. had, like hinted, like guessed that he was. Darth Vader, but was like, you could never be Anakin because, like, you know, you're so cold and ruthless, but like, confirmed that it was. And then in Ahsoka, spoilers for Ahsoka, she like gets knocked off a cliff, but then goes into the. On the bridge, is that right? Yeah. Or... 
So yeah, I just it, I just put the status there, and then it looks like she's like a healer after she comes. She gets knocked off a bridge. Yeah, I, I need the spoilers because I don't know it. Yeah, so like she's fighting these two. They're not Sith, but like they're I guess dark Jedi's, whatever you want to call them. I don't know the term. And she gets knocked off a cliff, and she goes. It's like the the time between worlds or the world between time. I I, I can't remember what the term is. And Anakin Hayden Christensen is there. And he like it's basically you you taught me to be a warrior because I grew up in a time of war. Now I don't know anything besides that. Um, and so I don't know. I think when Ahsoka does come back from that moment, she is like a little bit more playful, a little bit more like her Clone War self uh, because like she's not I don't know. I see the comparisons. It's a good meme for sure. I think there's major, major differences because Gandalf is literally filling a role that Sauron left that they don't show in the movies, but that the next time they see Sauron, his robes are like constantly changing colors. Oh. And he's like, I'm now, I think he says I'm Sauron the, the many colored or something like that. I'm no longer Sauron the white. Or maybe it's, it might even be when Gandalf gets locked in Orthanc where like he sees Sauron's robes have changed. So Gandalf is literally filling, like, the, the, the Valar literally send him back to be like, all right, we need a white wizard, so you're going to go back and wow. fulfill what Saruman should have done. Oh, I didn't actually know that. I thought it was just, like, the next plane of existence for him. But instead, they're, like, finally restoring him to, like, the position he was supposed to yeah, have in the first place. Yeah, it's literally, like, the, like, Middle Earth almost, like, balancing itself out. They're like, Whoa. okay, there's too much. It is very Star Wars, you know, that they talk about uh, in a sequel trilogy where just, like, anytime dark rises, light will meet it. And same, and vice versa. Like, once the Empire fell and Luke became, you know, the Jedi and started raising the the new Republic, like, dark started to, right? Like, it, the, the Force is always in balance, Right. And so it is kind of very Middle Earth that like the world always does need to be in balance. Yeah, I I I, ha I does she end up with other powers that No, she does not. Like she there's a there's space whales that they communicate with um that can jump into hyperspeed. Uh so maybe like a little bit of that, but I don't know if she ends up she doesn't Ahsoka's very powerful. I don't know if she becomes like Gandalf the White powerful. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the imagery is there. I think I, I like the imagery. I think it's a great comparison. Whoever made that is like, you know what? It was, it was pretty spot on. I like that. Uh, it, it was originally from Star Wars culture, uh, the SW culture. Uh, they probably play for pay for their blue check. I'm sure they do. Um, <laughs> Got to get so, those engagements. There you go. Uh, well, thank you for that, Captain Hopper. Appreciated. Um, all right. Next several are from Elsie Ulrich, a.k.a. Geeks with Shields. Give them a check out. I'm going to be on their podcast soon. Uh, they cover like a lot of um, – they talk about a bunch of stuff. They talk about Dune. Um, our friend Scott Rubin has been on there several times, multiple times. I think um, – um, I'm going to be on there shortly. We're going to talk about Lord of the Rings, I think. But they do a lot of Warhammer as well. Okay. Bert Jennings has been on there. Oh, Bert. Yeah. I love Bert. Yeah. All right. Question one from um, Ulrich. Are you ready to admit you're wrong about the Balrog? No. Question two. Oh, wait. Why about not? that it woke up from a leaf? Yes. Question two. Why not? Because I'm not wrong about the Balrog. Question three. Do you not know you are wrong? 
<laughs> wow, so he just guessed all of your answers. Yes. <laughs> okay, so what I, I missed this episode, uh the, the episode review. That we... What is your take on the Balrog? All right. So take your time take your mind back to a time before Gandalf reawoke reawoken the Balrog or before the dwarves have even awoken awoked, awaked, um the Balrog. The episode of Rings of Power where um, Elrond and Durin are mining to see if they can find the Mithril. They had already, I don't know if they shut down the mines or there was a problem. Like they were already digging too deep and they're like, we don't know. What oh yeah, there's like a collapse or something, right? Yeah, and they were yeah. able to save them. But then Elrond comes to Durin and says, we're going to die. The elves will die. If we don't get this mithril, for some reason, it's going to save us because when the mithril was next to the leaf, it in... like healed the black poison or whatever. Correct. Right? Yeah. This is rings of power, by the way. This is not from Silmarillion. This is not in appendices. Mithril was never the healing token for the elves. This is just rings of power. Yeah. But we do know in Moria, they dug deep. Found Mithril, awoke the Balrog. That's yes. part of the story. So Elrond brings the leaf to Durin, says, I need your help. They go in and start mining. Durin's dad, Durin, the second, I believe, shows up and gets peeved. Yeah. And uh, takes the crown from Durin, kicks Elrond out, yada, yada. Looks at the leave. Even Durin's like, but God, it'll help him. Ah, la, la, la. You know, talking in their Scottish dwarven accent. And there's this hole. I think they had seen a bunch of veins already of the mithril. Yeah, like they, they carved it out. And then like just beyond it, there's like, you know, all this, the mithril. Correct. Over. There's a huge, like the just that this one little hole that they had created. They finally found this insane, this insane wealth of mithril. They, Durin the second, throws the leaf through the hole, kind of symbolically going, screw the elves, I guess. Yeah, that's fair. I can see it. I mean, you can also understand what his thought process was, was I want to protect my people because they're going to die if they continue to mine this stuff. It's just not safe. As the leaf wafts down, we track with the, the leaf, it hits the bottom of this deep uh, cave. Yes. Of the mountain. It's the leaf sits there for a second, curls up and catches uh, on like smoke fire. It doesn't even catch fire. It just like crumbles and turns into smoke. Might catch. Yeah. Hardly catch. It just, it catches. And then as that smoke crests over the leaf and destroys it, so too does the smoke begin to cover and embers of a Balrog show up. Okay. The Balrog wasn't sitting there turned on in terms of flame. It was asleep. It was asleep. And then the leaf hit the ground and it disturbed the Balrog. And then the Balrog woke up because the leaf hit the ground. I'm not saying that this is smart. 
or that this is this is like oh leaves wake up balrogs i'm saying the creators of the show that's what they're telling us so do you are think are you watching like, the scene right now no 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 i'm i'm picturing it in my head i know exactly what you're talking about i remember the scene um i don't think i took it as literally as you did um, how could you not because like it it goes both ways where one i don't think I don't know how the dwarves I feel like in my mind the Balrog was like completely encased like in this stone and then like they were literally mining down there and then like they cracked open the rock and it was like boom like a, a stripper out of like a birthday cake or something like that. Okay. Like, one does that actually happen because like I feel like that's always like referenced in movies and stuff and like I've does that do people actually do that. I will do that for you on your 50th birthday. Can't wait. Um, Just got to wait that long. Oh, no, I'm not. Um, so I don't know. Like, I think it was a, it was it was bad visual representation, which we can we can have a whole separate podcast and go down the line of uh, that happening in Rings of Power. Um, but I don't know. I I didn't mind it, but that whole storyline where they're trying to rewrite the dwarves like greed and like lust for jewels and stuff like that. I can understand it to a certain point, but making the mithril save the elves from dying some immortal death. Uh, I think that's where a lot of Lord of the Rings fans were turned off. Like people that were still giving it a shot. Yeah. I don't know. I think they and lost that, a lot of people there. Yeah. I, I just, I don't understand that whole angle, honestly. So I don't know. That, for me, like, they had already lost me, so that thing didn't really bother me that much because I was kind of already well, off I'm that whole storyline train. I'm not saying it's bothersome. I'm just saying I think that that's what they were meaning to represent. And, like, some of the arguments I've received since is that, like, they were literally banging and they were literally mining. But, like, the leaf felt... The leaf felt really, like a solid two miles. Like, I'm like they weren't mining there. And no. The mining and, didn't wake it up. The leaf definitely woke it up. And I think, like, if it oh, had been like a... That feels so good. It, it did. Like, and I think that it's be, it, the leaf represents elves. So I think, like, because it was an elvish leaf from, like, the big Rivendell tree, that's what woke it up. The, the Balrog was like, you know, in the same way that, you know, in The Hobbit, you know, like, the when he wakes up, he's like, I smell dwarf. Like, the Balrog smelled some elves. And he was sure. like, oh. And he got, like, all of his, like... Second age Morgoth PTS flashbacks. He's like, oh, it's go time. Man. We're still here. Like, because <laughs> I also think the, that's exactly. Oh, that's exactly right. I think the elf, the fact that it's an elven leaf, is one aspect of it that does like solidify why I know I'm not wrong. Um, thank you, Ulrich. And so, what do they think woke it up? The mining? Yeah. That they no. That it was already it was already awake at this. It point. what it, it woke up and then was just looking up and then it was like you know I'm tired I'm gonna take a little nappy nap. Thank you. That's my other argument. It's like it's not like we saw it come down and touch. He's already burning skin, or we think it's lava, and then we wake up and we realize, oh no, it's just the Balrog laying there. You know. Yeah, like if it landed on the Balrog, or like if it had landed and then you hear like doom, doom. Dome, and it walked up and like picked up the leaf and like smelled it one that's way more terrifying and a, like oh my gosh but no the balrog was like asleep and dormant 
And because otherwise, like, it would, I don't know, did they ever show the dwarves, like, after that moment? Or was that the last dwarf moment of the show? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, we did see Durin say goodbye to Elrond after that. And okay. then and then I think we saw Durin and his wife, like, talk crap about the king. And I think that was it after gotcha. that. Like, is, is it going to, like, just immediately start wrecking shop? Or is it going to go back to sleep? Like... Or does it need – and that's the thing is that it has a wide open chasm like right above it. Is it going to like start slowly climbing up? It's got wings. Like I don't know. Can, can it fly in there? I don't know. Yeah, that's, it does have wings. Um, well, I think the problem is even though they've awoken him now the, or it. I don't know what it, its gender is. Um, they have to mine a lot of the mithril. Too, because you don't end up with mithril chainmail that does end That's up going the to the elves if you just go. Oh no, the Balrog's awake. You know, they, and that's the thing. To make chainmail out of this thing, you have to have so much, so much, and there is so much. But it almost—I almost think that the the Balrog shouldn't have been awoken, but we should have seen it there. Do you know what I mean? I don't think we even should have seen it there. Like, but like, again, that's why I, th I thought it was like completely encased in stone or something. And they had to be right there when they woke it up. Sure. Like, cause like there's, there's a long process. I understand what you're going for. Like you have to show it. I don't know how they could have shown it without it not being an immediate threat because there seems to be a lot of time, like you said, mining it turning it into tools, turning it into chain mail, like making it so much so that they can just, with it. <laughs> yeah. Like they can just like throw it willy nilly everywhere. They just have so much of it that, the, you know, somehow it ends up in Erebor. Right. And so they're trading with it. So like they're, what's this Balrog going to be doing while the entire economy is run by Mithril? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, I do think too, just to, to like, Rem, rem, harken back to the conversation we had when this it was revealed that Mithril would save the elves. There's a world where it's like a red herring, um, and they might they might retcon that later. Where it's like, oh no, we just thought it was, but you know, it, it's kind of hard to imagine that they would take that back. Anyway, I feel so validated by this conversation. I never said they're geniuses for doing this. I'm just saying that Balrog wasn't yeah. awake. And then the leaf hit the ground, and then it woke up. Well, that was the thing, is that, like, it's it's one thing to agree with the storytelling beat. It's another thing to say that that's what the story was telling you. That's, that's, I, and I know there's so, there are people that didn't get that. Alex didn't get that. Ulrich didn't, other people, but there are other people on the internet that got what I got. And you got it, and that makes me feel happy. And I'm so glad that we're not arguing, you know? No. It, it's what happened on screen. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know what other take you could have from this. Like, <laughs> Because, like, if, if the mining would have woken it up, they would have done that exact same thing of, like, okay, uh, Durin's dad, like, older Durin would have walked in, shut it down, and then they would have kept going, and they would have poked a hole in it, like, in that hole, yeah. and then it'd be like, oh, be careful about this, okay, we're gonna mine over here, and then the camera would have gone down the hole and done the exact same thing, and then they would have, like, shown this black ground, and then a flaming eye, like, opens up, or something right, like that, like, right. like the, the same way that they showed Smog with the... Uh, the little thrush, you know, banging uh, the snail against the thing. Totally. They would have done that exact same moment with the Balrog, but they introduced a leaf there because the leaf woke it up. 
<laughs> Moving right along. I'm not wrong. Thank you. Ulrich asks again, new question. If you were dropped into Middle Earth during the War of the Rings, what oh race faction would you want Elves. to join? Okay. That's what I think I would want to do as well. <laughs> I'm an elf and I'm sailing away. <laughs> Bye. Ooh, Grey Havens, what's up? Oh, man. <laughs> Ticket for one? Spring break. <laughs> Hey, this was cool. <laughs> Middle Earth was cool. Knowing my luck, though, I'd be like, oh, I'm an elf. And I, you know, you you like wake up an elf and you're marching to Helm's Deep and like, damn it. Yes, 100%. One, that would absolutely. I was this close. I almost got my PTO and they're just like, nope, you're done. You, you're your, your soul would still go back. I'd like my body to go with me. That'd that word. Nice. <laughs> word. But you live. You live in some sort of plane. I mean, um, it has like it has to be an elf because like, do you want to? I mean, I guess you could be a hobbit and just like be completely blissfully ignorant everything going on. So until the scouring scoring of the Shire. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, I and that's the thing. I understand why they didn't do that in the movie because like it's just too much. But I'm glad that not glad that, but like I'm. It makes sense that the the Shire wasn't that blissfully ignorant that like nothing ever happened. Like they, they needed it could, it to feel a part of this. It couldn't yeah. be the case. Like the like, world is forever changed. Everywhere is. And so the Shire needed to be changed too. Like, I think that's right. Um, and it also gave what, even though the hobbits that were in the war didn't know this, it gave them stakes as well. Yeah. And it also taught them how to fight for themselves. The, the, the hobbits wouldn't, have been able to do anything about it if Frodo, Mary Pippin, and Sam didn't come back. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, they they never knew that kind of lifestyle. Um, so it does kind of make sense that they had to kind of go through their own war in a sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's how insidious evil is for sure. Um, I mean, you could also be an eagle. That could be kind of fun. Oh my god, that'd be so dope. Just like kind of watching is it, it. Is it time to save the day and get all yeah. the credit? It is. Let's go. <laughs> hey, because we are really not interested, but uh just like later on. Yeah, I totally could have fought, flown Frodo to the mountain, but I didn't want to. <laughs> it's like sucks to have them on your back, doesn't it? I'm right? Like, oh, like, yeah. oh god. <laughs> Gwai here, do this. Gwai here, do that. Like, I get it, but oh my god. I mean, and the dwarves weren't all that involved either. They were just like it's always eagles. Where are you? And not eagles. How are you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad. Right? Eagles, why didn't you? And eagles, why can't right? you? Yeah, it's great. It's perfect. Good job. Good job. You just <laughs> put all the haters to rest. All right. Next question from Ulrich. What, uh, what do you think has helped Lord of the Rings stand the test of time as a fantasy series? Oh my gosh! Can, can you start with this one? Like, it's a oh, great question. It is. That's that's tough question. Well, the um, best way for the, the easiest way for me to answer it is looking at Dune, because Dune, mm -hmm. I would say, because I've thought about this a lot with Dune, um, because it touches every aspect of the human experience. You can always find something in it no matter what age you go back to. And there's so much homework and world building that it doesn't, it's not, you know, it might be a commentary on the, the year that Frank Herbert was born or whatever, but it will still be relative 
to what people go through in 200 years in okay. a sense. So something about the not being of this era makes it stand the test of time because we're not always going back and going, well, why didn't they just go to Costco? You know? Yeah. It, it can't date itself. Yeah. I, I think there's another aspect of it where it kind of feels like it's our history legitimately. It does feel like what our world might've been before we were here. And, and I think we, I don't know. Part of me really wishes it was this magical. I, I think that's a good point where it's like, yeah, like this world used to have elves and be in touch with nature and, you know, we went through some things, but, you know, we healed and now men take over. And while the elves did put their faith in us, like it might have been misplaced. Um, but, you know, we're always trying. And also, like, the fact like the just the overarching themes of like there is good in this world. You can make a difference no matter how big or small you are. Like it, it, there's so many good themes to to so much of this. That is like just universal. And if you want to look at it with like a theological point of view, you can. But if you want to look at it like non-theologically, like that's totally there too. And so it's, there's so many points of view that you can take from this. And I don't know. I also feel like the fandom is healthier than other fantasies and other sci-fi I don't know. Maybe I'm just like not plugged into it, but just like the toxic toxicity of like Star Wars fandom is legitimately insane. Um, I don't know. I think we got a little bit of that with Rings of Power, but I also feel like it was just like right wing grifters that were like, oh, I, I get there's more stuff to complain about with right. people of color. Let me jump in on this, even though I watched Lord of the Rings when it came in theaters and I haven't revisited them since or something. You know, Rings of Power is what it is. So, you know, I didn't like a lot of it, um, but I found things that I did like. And also, if I don't like something, eh, okay, I move on. Like the Halo show. I love Halo, but the Halo show is like, okay, I'm three episodes in and this is this. Okay, I'm done. Sure. <laughs> I move on. I don't make, sure. I don't hate watch it and turn it into 10 YouTube videos. And it's um, not it's not yours. It's not for you. Then yeah. if it's not and that doesn't mean you don't like the series anymore or you know playing the game anymore. And can we stop hate watching things? Can we just stop doing that because <sighs> we're getting a second season of Velma because of y'all. Was it not good? Oh my god, like I don't want I don't like speaking negatively on things. I watched the first episode. Like I gave it a chance. It is legitimately the most unfunny piece of media I think I've seen in a long time. Well, and they did that with um, Emily in Paris where like, oh, let's hate watch it. And then now there's like three seasons of Emily in Paris where it's like skewing. Don't get me wrong. People will always like trash and trash. Yeah. Will, there will be a place for trash, but you're stopping somebody from making good art. If Netflix thinks Emily in Paris is what we want. Yeah. I love a, a like a quote unquote guilty pleasure. I'm, I'm in no way shading that there's like fun trash out there. Gossip now, girl. Yeah, like some now, of my most respected friends loved gossip girl. My first boyfriend turned me on to the, the OC. I loved it. 
Yeah, the, I thought the, I would. The first season of Jersey Shore might be the best season oh. of reality TV of all time. Of because all time, because they weren't they weren't famous. They had no game. They could never pull anybody from the bar. They were con- so they just started banging each other, and so it, it was amazing. GTL fist pumping, uh, cabs are here. Like so many things were born of that first season of Jersey Shore that are pop culture staples. Um, so I love some good trash, but just like there's a difference between watching good trash and being like, guys, I know this is bad. I know I'm on Love is Blind season nine or whatever it is, but I love it. I don't care. There's another thing between hate watching something, then making a 30 minute diatribe about it uh, and screaming like, uh, go woke, go broke. OK, you're you're a millionaire because of this. Yes. Yes. Like. So it's juxtaposed to, like, you wouldn't have a platform if it wasn't for this content because that's all your platform is. Which really turns me off from doing TikTok or, you know, if if me being an actor... Are you actor, sure you should bring back Michael? He's a really great guy. You're such a mean person. <laughs> you're so mean. I really tried. I really tried. No, because, Jessica, you are... A great writer. You're very funny. You're very intelligent. You have great takes. And then I'm just scrolling on TikTok like, oh, it's a funny skit. Oh, it's a funny cat. Oh, it's a good cosplay. Or, hey, guys, this is Michael. Uh, just letting you know. <laughs> what? What? What is happening? Because I didn't have any more effort to put into it I know. besides a face filter. Oh, I, I couldn't tell as you were laying on your bed with half a pillow covering your face. <laughs> And I really was amazed with how I looked like a kid I went to high school with or middle school with. And I was like, oh. Well, it's like you you haven't established anything. Is this a character? Is this actually you? (laughs) I'm just wondering because, you know, I get random TikToks with like, you know, five likes or whatever. You know, I don't get any likes on mine either. So I'm sure I appear to that as, as someone else. But just, I'm just wondering, as someone who doesn't know anything about you or what you do, and they just scroll up and they find, hey guys, this is Michael. (laughs) Well, and part of me wanted it to be like, maybe this is really a kid who's, obviously no one thought that. But one person uh, replied to me several times and said, stop this character, it is bad. (laughs) This is... (laughs) No, this is not funny. <laughs> like painfully. And then I came on as Michael's mom was like, he wasn't supposed to have the phone. And then he had the phone. And then, and I'm going to show him what it's like, you know, or whatever. And then genuinely people got upset thinking I was really a mom taking away my kid's TikTok. And, oh my God. The, and the trials. It was, it was like too much. <laughs> so, and then I had to d- delete it because I accidentally watched two reels on boat ticks, which are the, these fake things where people um, super glue beans to their skin to make it Oh, look yeah, like, and they, like, comb them off and stuff like it, that, yeah. And, it like, it was bringing up this um, this this uh, phobia that I have about yes. holes. And, anyway, it was too much, and it was really making me uncomfortable. And you know the second you press one video on TikTok, TikTok, your whole algorithm is screwed up. So anyway, yeah. I, I've tried TikTok four times. I don't know if a fifth time it, is. It is such a different thing. It's so crazy because like just the mo- most recent example I can think of is that my friend uh, Dan Merle, who's like a great movie reviewer. You guys should all follow him on YouTube. 
he made this full 20 minute video about, you know, the writer's strike when it was going on and how he wasn't going to take like, he doesn't do any like paid promotion from any studio. Like he has to drive five hours just to go to a press screening. Cause he lives in Arkansas. Like, cause mm -hmm. there's no press screens. So like he's doing like the, the legwork just to do his job. Um, and he was like, like, I'll still be reviewing movies. That's it's not considered promotion. Like, you know, they literally put out like the WJ and SAG literally put out saying like, Hey, you can still do movie reviews. Like you can still, you know, be a journalist or a YouTuber, like whatever it is. And the, the YouTube comments were like, yeah, we get it, Dan. Like we, we know we support you. Like we know you'd never like scab or anything like that. And he posted that small, like a small thing on TikTok. And like everyone on TikTok was like, you're a scab. Like you don't support writers. Like it was so crazy like the juxtaposition between two comment sections to where I think that was like his first TikTok and, and it went genuinely well, but just like just a, a handful of those commenters, like just completely turned him off to it. And he hasn't posted one since basically. I don't blame him. Uh, although the other guys that are like, like go woke, go broke want that negative reinforcement because it is, it's engagement. It's engagement. And that's, we're not here to unpack what's wrong with our world. We're here to talk about how wonderful Lord of the Rings is. Maybe that's why. Because they, the way that they send messages is by lighting things, mountains on fire. Oh, and It would be, so, be so nice to just, like, go into the wilderness and just, like, not worry. And that's the thing. Like, also, I feel like if I lived in Middle Earth, like, I'd be forced. Like, you send me to the wilderness now, I'm going to be dead. You're I'm going to die We're We're so done. fast. Mm -hmm. I have no problem admitting that I will not do great when the lights go out. Um, but you raise me in Middle Earth, I'm going to know some things, man. I'm going to know how to ride it. Like, I've ridden a horse before, but I wouldn't say, like, I, I know how to ride a horse. But, like, you, you raise me in Middle Earth, I'm going to know how to – I'm going to be a little You're going to be able to skin that Gamgee. horse. Oh my god! What? <laughs> what? I'm just saying you wouldn't know how. Oh my god! If you needed to. Okay, I'm back on the leaf didn't wake up the Balrog <laughs> no, just for that fair. point. <laughs> no, it's true. You just you, you walk to get to your friend's house. You know what I mean? You like just you grow your own veggies. It's a different. It's a it's a different world for sure. Like Frodo went on a year long journey and no one even knew he moved out. Like they thought like a guy that they thought Fatty Bulger was just. They never checked on him. They were just like, oh, there's Frodo through the window. Okay, bye. Like that was Goodbye. it. Well, like, the Saxville's Bagginses, which we really do need to do a full episode on them. The true, the, true, the true villains. All right. We've got one more great question from Ulrich. Um, and this is the last of our series this time. We'll do it again, though, if you want us to, folks. Uh, I like this question. How do you feel about the Tolkien effect? The idea that fantasy has been defined by J.R.R. Tolkien based in European mythology full of white people, elves, dwarves, orcs, etc. So, like, so what is he asking that, like... That fantasy can only be white people? Well, I think a lot of people think because J.R.R. based a lot of his work off of Norse mythology, which was a lot of blue-eyed, blonde-haired Blonde folk, that it has to be those – that people that are – the representation has to be white as well. That was a lot of people's arguments for rings of power being diverse or inclusive that because the, the stuff wasn't 
I think because they base it on a lot of like medieval, like medieval times as well. So like you know, there's lords and ladies, and then they just add dragons to it. So I can understand that to a certain extent. Like I feel like Game of Thrones did a good job, like including like Dorn and Essos in there, um, and like so it was like a different part of the world uh, that people of color were in. But like you know, like they interacted obviously and just had different kingdoms. Um, when it comes to Middle Earth, like, it, it, I don't know, I never, even, like, reading it, I think, like, what was it, like, J, uh, J.K. Rowling, like, said that Hermione was supposed to be black at one point, even though in the book, like, they say, like, she has, like, pale skin, it was just like, what? I don't... Well, Hermione was cast as a black, a black actress was cast as the adult Hermione in the in the Broadway show and people flip. Oh yeah. Well, I, I, I wasn't talking about that. I was saying like what JK Rowling said. Well, I yeah. Like... And I was trying to remember if then JK retconned and said, Oh, is it? Well, because of that. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think anyone can play like anything, especially when it comes like historical fiction. Yeah. Maybe like definitely cast like the person of like that. they were Or don't like... and do it Hamilton style and just, yeah. But uh, like when it comes to fantasy, it's it's fantasy. It's literally any anybody could be an elf because elves don't exist. Well, but I do think that the imagery has been sort of solidified because we've seen only the majority be white representation. I think yeah. there's an added issue that orcs kind of was like double speak for black people and like enslavement and all those things. And that's very, very complicated and, and a very uh, um, complicated relationship to orcs. You know, you see a lot of people, um, you can't play orc, right? You can't, or you can now in D and D right. Or could you before? I have no idea. I'm, I'm not the person asked about D and D, but, but I, there was, there's issues with people conflating orcs with people of color. So that's a challenge. Here's here's what I think I'm I'm gleaning from the here I'm sharing you with you an a story I was share I was told from um, an indigenous person and actually we're recording this on Indigenous People's Day. Um, they uh, uh, someone I had met at a party, uh, a Native American was cast as a Native American, and. They the the costumer and like the artistic di director was like we've done so much uh, research on indigenous cultures and Native American people to make sure the representation's accurate and it's a bunch of white people saying this and all of their vision board is imagery from other movies, not anything from actual culture. Oh, so like, okay. So. The problem there is the imagery from our movies and TV shows have led us to believe what Native American and indigenous cultures are like, and thus the representation is perpetrated, um, perpetuated by this misrepresentation. So because we've seen, you know, ladies and lords and all white people in this, it we're not accustomed to seeing people of color in these settings. I just, I just wonder if, if that's what Ulrich is suggesting that because it's been represented that way, or people assume it has to be that way because of what it was based on, um, that our fantasy world is 
white, um, which it certainly doesn't have to be. It certainly might have been up to this point, um, and it has no. There's, I don't care what it's based on. It doesn't have to be full of white people on that. Day. It doesn't have to be. I understand that. I mean, we can't look at everything through 2023 eyes. Like this book was written over almost a century ago now. So, like, from Tolkien's world perspective, when he's living in England, everybody is white. He did grow up around, like, he didn't grow up around lords and ladies, or maybe he did. I don't know. Like, English royalty is still there, obviously, and lords and ladies still, like, live in castles to this day. Uh, so, I understand why he wrote the books that way, uh, from, like, an all-white perspective. Um, but things change. And also, again, it is fantasy. It is in the definition of these books so yes we can update things we can cast whoever we want and i don't think i i don't think it's a big deal i think it's really cool to see people from different backgrounds and uh people of color in like these roles like i loved duran's wife i thought she was great oh my god she was wonderful and we said last week uh the guy who plays um around Arandir is the mm. hottest guy in the cast. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't mean to just like sexualize him like that, but just, like, but he is. He like I liked him. I liked him as an actor. Uh, I thought he did a good job. I thought I liked the the elf uh, 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 mortal love story that they did yes. with him and Bronwyn. I thought that was outside of Durin and Elrond. I thought that was the best relationship in the show. Um, and so. I don't know. I'm fine with it. I even liked um the older uh not not Hobbit guy. I what are they what are they called? Harfoots. Oh, Harfoots. Yes. Oh, the liked, um the the tribe leader. Yeah, I thought uh, he was great. He was even great. though like they are ready to up and abandon anybody that slows down the caravan. Like, good lord, that is a cutthroat <laughs> tribe right there, man. I, yeah, it actually kind of makes sense though that. They're, they're, those people, the Saxville Bagginses, Bagginses are directly really. Uh, oh, for sure. <laughs> like, oh, wait, Bilbo's been gone? All right, we got to. Oh, someone twisted their ankle? I guess they're left for dead now. Like, <laughs> like yo, put him on a carriage. Give him a, a walking stick for the love of God. Like, come on now. That was amazing. I couldn't like that. I don't need any more Harfoot stuff. I just, I just don't. I understand. I thought the little girl Harfoot was a great actor, and so yeah. Like, but honestly, though, she was the Frodo. They, she they, was the Frodo, and the fact that they're not going to bring back her Sam, that they went separate ways, biggest mistake in the show. Couldn't agree with you more. Like, what, what are you doing? You literally make her a Frodo. And you're going to separate, like, I'm sure they're going to find a way, like, maybe she'll show up, you know, and be like, I didn't want to listen to you. I'm I'm coming with you no matter what, like, the same way that Sam does. Oh. But if they do not have her in season two, or they have her, but, like, back with the Harfoots in the least interesting part of the story, I don't want to see it. I totally I want to see Frodo that. and Sam together with Gandalf. That sounds great. Yeah. Yep. Oh, God. Yeah. When they separated them, I'm like, but... Why did you make us care about this yeah. person at all? I'm sure then. they're gonna. I'm sure they're gonna have her there in some capacity because uh, that girl was really good as well. Um, but yeah, I thought that was so strange. I was like, okay, then she's definitely going with her, right? Wait, what? She's not. Yeah, yeah, foolish. You've got a. You've got a a great point. Um, all right, my final question to you is: Why do you like doing this podcast? I think it's. It's fun to talk about something you love, and then it's also just fun to go on, like, the tangents we do. Like, 
like it's so funny when you're like quick little tangent. I'm like Jessica, shut up. <laughs> just say, just tell your story. <laughs> I know. Like, I qualify everything. I can't stop myself. It's like we don't need to, to like. We started out to be talking about like my Facebook status from 15 years but ago. It's so much more interesting when you do it. I feel like everything I do is Michael. Okay. No, it's not. Thank, <laughs> Thank God you. it's not. I wouldn't be here. <laughs> That's a fair point. But I no, I, I, yeah, it's just it was it was fun talking like because we we stayed pretty on point with our Hobbit movie discussions. Thanks to Alex. Thanks to Alex for sure. Um, but uh, it's also fun like. I think we give great in-depth information and like not maybe not information, but just like reflection about characters and movie points and stuff like that. Uh, but then we also have a silly, goofy time. I think it's, I enjoy it as much as uh, I enjoy it for that reason as well. I also am glad that uh, we, we became friends and quickly found um, an easy way to make sure we stayed friends. And so this is, this is my way of staying your friend because it, that matters to me. So know, it, was, it was like my I became friends with Dan and Mara, and then they moved to Arkansas, and then Ugh. I became friends with you, and you moved to Illinois. It it's like, insane. Oh, need to stop becoming friends with people. <laughs> yeah, actually, stop. Yeah, I just need to stop. To I think it's my own fault, honestly. <laughs> really, you are the common denominator there. Anyway, really you can still send us questions, folks. We'll do this again if you enjoyed it. Uh, if you don't agree with anything we said, or if you have more that we need to chew on in order to reformulate our opinions, we'd love to hear from you you can email us at podcast of the rings at gmail.com you can find us on twitter at pod of the rings you can find us on instagram at uh podcast of the rings you can even join us on patreon and not get shouted out even if you're at the tier where you're supposed to get shouted out yeah have michael shout you out that'd be great she'll, <laughs> she'll make a tiktok about it. hey guys uh so <laughs> i don't know what lord of the rings is but uh I was just saying that Arson, Arsenal Roy 2K is kind of cool. Seems like a cool guy. Probably and if you guys friend. don't know what we're talking about, go to Jessica's TikTok. Nope, deleted it. And, oh, deleted it? Oh, <laughs> no, they're lost to time. It might be there still. I just deleted the app, so it might still be there. Yeah, find Jessica Nerdy. You might find some Michael. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, what a treat. <laughs> Certainly a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> You're the only person that remembers that even happened. Anyway, um... Yeah, I'm kind of picking up my my Twitch streams again. Not a crazy amount, but you can go to twitch.com, uh, twitch.tv forward slash Jessica Nerdy. Are you up to anything in diddly? Uh, nope, just this. All right, word. Well, this is enough. You are enough. And until enough. then, may our paths meet again. 